It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. Dan Snyder is yet again in hot water. The Nets are dealing with the COVID outbreak, as is the rest of the NBA. Plus, is Steph Curry the greatest shooter in NBA history? And does his record-breaking performance really prove it? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found a Washington Post Let's investigation into story. Daniel Snyder and his involvement in the NFL's investigation into his franchise and sexual harassment claims provided even more context about some potential misdeeds from the embattled Washington owner. That is putting it lightly. Joining me now from Locked On Washington football team, Chris Russell. And Chris, uh, these these allegations in this reporting include um, uh, trying to impact witness testimony and and even one of the pettiest encounters I've ever heard about uh, where he was uh, upset that his former GM had not texted him to congratulate him on his new head coaching hire. I don't know how that makes sense, but the NFL ultimately decided this was a fine worthy situation, but it seems like this is just more evidence that Dan Snyder is bad for the NFL. What is it going to take for the NFL to take action, real action in this? I I mean, Peter, I, I don't, I don't know if the NFL is ever going to be willing to take real significant action. And I assume you mean real action, meaning an eviction, right? I mm-hmm. mean, at some point, I guess everybody runs out of patience and somebody, everyone runs out of protection. I mean, I've been dealing with this for, uh, you know, 12 plus years on the beat and around this organization. And I worked for Dan Snyder, you know, so, I mean, I worked for him for five years, um, you know, and, um, you, you know, and then Washington football slash Redskin fans have been dealing with this for far longer than that. Uh, listen, the bottom line is, is he's not a good person. He treats people like crap. Um, I'm the only thing I didn't know about here uh, in the new reporting by the Washington Post was the whole Bruce Allen thing. Like he wants Bruce Allen to congrat you fired him. <laughs> now, Bruce Allen deserved to get fired. I wouldn't be congratulating you, Peter, on a new job if you fired me a week before that. Okay, no offense. I'm happy for you, but no offense. I'm not, you know, and I don't defend Bruce Allen at any cost, right? Um, the, the the bigger one to me is it's amazing. The NFL and before that, the Washington football team hired Beth Wilkinson to do this investigation last summer. And she got into a lawsuit with a high-level attorney that I used to work around in 2009 and 2010 when he was with the organization who has not been with the organization, but somehow got reinvolved in this, trying to prevent her from talking to the witness that Dan Snyder settled a $1.6 million lawsuit with, which he says, uh, apparently through court testimony, was not his choice. It was like some weird insurance that 
Peter, I have no idea how to explain any of this and how it all makes sense. The other thing in this is that the findings have not been made public. And I, and I think if, if there is a resolution here that the NFL could say, Hey, look, we're going to, we're going to add some transparency. We're not going to, as you put it, evict Dan Snyder. We're not going to take away his governorship of the team, but we are going to make public the findings in this investigation. Here's my assumption in all of that, Chris, if they do that, the NFL would be under such pressure to evict Dan Snyder that they would have to. And there are 30, I almost said 31. There are 30 other owners in the NFL who, who are probably pretty afraid of the precedent that would set. Yeah. I mean, there's all of that. And they're hiding behind this shield of, well, people came forward to us and, you know, said they wouldn't have testified if, if, it, if it comes out, meaning with their name. So like some have countered, including some of the people that, um, you know, are represented by lawyers in this case, and said, well, well, wait a second, we can redact this. Well, I do know, I know of at least two people that I've personally spoken to that testified and do not want their name out in any way, shape, or form in this. I, I know that for a fact. So I don't know how the NFL gets around that. But to your point, the NFL is protecting Dan Snyder. They're protecting 31 other owners or 30 other, I guess, yeah, right? Uh, yeah, just... Uh, however many other owners. Yeah, Gruner doesn't and, have one. Yeah, and they're protecting them. You know, they ran this investigation mm -hmm. and whether they wanted to or not, they made sure that Beth Wilkinson, who did the investigation, did not have to provide a written report or even an executive summary. And why is that? Is it the reason why you're asserting, which I think, you know, certainly you could be right, or is it because they genuinely were trying to protect people. There's a lot of questions, obviously, to be answered. I just don't know if we're ever going to get the answers that we're seeking. Maybe the federal government can help. The chairman of the Committee on Oversight and Reform, Carolyn Maloney, and Congressman Raja Krishnamurti have both called for the NFL to turn over documents relating to Dan Snyder's alleged interference into a workplace harassment investigation. Thanks for making Locked On Today your first listen of the day. Coming up, the Nets are one of a number of teams missing multiple key contributors due to COVID. How are they dealing with this outbreak? And does the NBA need to change how it deals with the coronavirus? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Bruins were soundly beaten by the Golden Knights on Tuesday. I, for one, did not enjoy that hockey viewing experience at all. This is Ian McLaren, host of Locked On Boston Bruins, and our Bruins were manhandled on home ice by the Vegas Golden Knights by a score of 4-1 on Tuesday evening. Uh, the bigger story, of course, being the uh, absences of Brad Marchand and Craig Smith, both of whom were placed on COVID-19 protocols earlier in the day. Uh, this comes after a trip to Calgary over the weekend. 
uh, the flames have been hit hard by a COVID outbreak. Uh, so hopefully it's just limited to Smith and Marshan. Uh, but uh, both players were unable to play in this one. And uh, the Bruins were only able to hit the score sheet once. Thanks to uh, Brad Marchand, assisted by Taylor Hall. But overall, uh, not a great showing for the Boston Bruins, who fell behind 3-0 uh, by the end of the first period, and then uh, could only muster the one goal on Vegas goaltender Robin Leonard. Again, uh, be sure to subscribe to Locked On Boston Bruins for all the latest when it comes to the black and gold, uh, this potential COVID outbreak, and uh, again, Bruins falling 4-1 to Vegas. Uh, they were only outshot 25-24, to but unable to uh, really beat uh, Robin Leonard and allow those early goals. Uh, and really, it was pretty much done after the first period. On a night when most top-ranked teams were playing inferior competition and winning big, number 6 Alabama went on the road to take on a dangerous, if underachieving, Memphis side. The Tigers pulled off a monster 92-78 win in what could be deemed an upset based on the current rankings, but may look very different in March. Remember, Memphis began the season in the top five, and they boast a very talented roster that just hasn't quite been able to put it all together. We saw them put it all together on Tuesday when they took down the Crimson Tide convincingly. An autopsy revealed unusually severe brain damage in the frontal lobe of the former NFL player accused of fatally shooting six people in Rock Hill, South Carolina before killing himself in April, according to authorities. The 20 years that former cornerback Philip Adams spent playing football definitely gave rise to a diagnosis of stage two chronic traumatic encephalopathy, said Dr. Ann McKee, who examined his brain. The degenerative disease known as CTE is linked to head trauma and concussions and has been shown to cause a range of symptoms, including violent mood swings and memory loss. That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for coming up on betonline.ag, your number one spot for all your college football action this season. Plenty of action to bet on for a Wednesday night. The Atlanta Hawks are heading to the Sunshine State to face the Orlando Magic. Bet Online likes the visiting Hawks by eight. Over on the college hardwood, we find the biggest favorite of the night. Mick Cronin's UCLA Bruins are hosting Alabama State. Bet Online has this line 35 and a half in favor of UCLA. And on the ice, the Washington Capitals are on the road to take on the Chicago Blackhawks. BetOnline.ag likes Alex Ovechkin and company and has their money line set at minus 157. For all your gambling needs, BetOnline.ag has you covered. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to get a 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. Don't forget to use your promo code Locked On to get that bonus. Here is another story you need to know. The Brooklyn Nets beat the Toronto Raptors 131-129 in overtime, but that is not the story from Tuesday night in Brooklyn when James Harden was placed in the COVID-19 safety protocols along with seemingly half of the rest of the NBA. Joining me now from Locked On Nets, Adam Armbrecht. And, and Adam, this is a team already dealing with the loss of a superstar from COVID-19 just in a different kind of way. Just another day in, in Brooklyn Nets 2021, it seems like. Listen, uh, you know, things happen. And uh, as long as you have a Kevin Durant, I don't know if you can go out and get one for yourselves. I highly recommend it because he's what you call a safeguard against uh, the potential pitfalls that can come up over the course of a season. It's It's been a bumpy one to start. And 
Thankfully, the Nets do have Kevin Durant, and they still find themselves in first place as as they and a lot of teams navigate you know some of these ups and downs early on. It does say something, right, about the quality of this team, about the quality of Kevin Durant, that no Kyrie, James Harden, even before this was not prime James Harden by any means, seemed like he was playing himself back into shape, but maybe also not the guy that, that he was before this hamstring injury, maybe just feeling the effects of father time. It, it, they were already making do here. Yeah, 100%. I mean, listen, this is a team that that uniquely shifted their identity and really started to lean into the defensive side of the court here to give themselves an opportunity to find ways to get wins in a completely unique way from the season prior. And to your point, James Harden, I don't think they anticipated this being the way his season started. Maybe the jury's still out on, on whether it is just the injury and Harden's general approach to rounding himself no pun intended into form over the course of the year and that can get a little bit harder as you get older and he may be feeling those effects as well oh that was good a big picture question here adam uh as i mentioned there is a major problem right now with covid in the nba the bulls had to have multiple games postponed there are outbreaks on several teams right now around the league this is a a league that took extreme measures with the bubble to have the playoffs a few years ago. They took extreme measures with scheduling and fan attendance last year. Do they need to, do they need to consider making drastic changes to this season to ensure that they can have the season the way that, that they want to have it with the most games possible? Oh, hundred percent. Um, we, 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 we actually were just starting to talk about this, uh, after we wrapped a great podcast about that game saying, if you're the NBA, um, you know, COVID isn't going anywhere. I think everyone understands that. Uh, but it does seem by all indications that every variant version of it is getting a little bit weaker. So, you know, leagues, the NBA, when you have almost 99.9% of players are vaccinated, there's going to have to be this shift. I think to say, if you're vaccinated and you feel healthy, you can play. If you don't feel good, if you feel under the weather, if you feel sick, then you won't be able to play because otherwise there's just, there's a no world where the NBA is re-entering a bubble. There's no world where they're going to pause the season and there's no way that they are going to get down to playoff time and start looking at teams and looking at series and matchups and saying, Hey, guess what? You're not going to have Kevin Durant or James Harden for probably a series with the way the protocols are set up. You're not going to have Giannis. You're not going to have Luka. You're not going to have LeBron. The product cannot suffer that again another year. So at this point, I think you have to look at it and say it's something that we're that everyone had to collectively deal with. We've done everything possible. If you're the NBA, if you're Adam Silver, and now we need to adapt where we've set our standards and guidelines because where we are right now, as you can see, is not a place that's going to be sustainable over the rest of the season. Coming up, Seth Curry is the greatest shooter basketball has ever seen. But for how long? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. 
Built Bar is the perfect stocking stuffer this holiday season. So many flavors you can please everyone. Give them something delicious, something chocolatey, something decadent, but something that is also healthy, low in calories, low in sugar, low in net carbs, low in fat, but high in protein and high in fiber. Who wouldn't want to pull out their stocking? Cookies and cream. Pull out their stocking. (gasps) Peanut butter brownie. They give you that extra fuel, that extra boost to continue to open presents, to continue to holiday shop. All options are on the table with Built Bar, a taste that you just will not believe until you have the opportunity to try it. People are passionate about their favorite flavor. I know I am. The coconut brownie is the best. There are so many options, and they're always coming up with new products, new ideas. They have uh, puffs that are like marshmallowy, fluffy, delicious little treats. Unbelievable. Go try them. Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. That's built.com, promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. It was only a matter of time for Steph Curry to catch Ray Allen, and he did it at Madison Square Garden in front of Allen, in front of Reggie Miller, and in front of an absolutely electric crowd at Madison Square Garden. Joining me now from Locked On Warriors, Cyrus Satsas. And Cyrus, this was an amazing moment for Steph Curry, who I think right now is the undisputed greatest shooter ever. What struck me about this, though, is they showed the names of some of the guys chasing the all-time greats, and there are a lot of guys who are still playing in the NBA. Does the fact that we have gone to this pace and space thing change the way that we look at this record? It's, I mean, yeah, I, you know, I hosted a podcast last week, so I'm a, a diehard Warriors fan, and I've been for about 35 years and counting, um, and so, so when I say this, I don't want to diminish the value of this record and I don't want to offend Dub Nation because I'm a part of you. But this record to me, out of all like the all time records, like it doesn't stick out to me as one of the greater ones, as one of the grander ones uh, for the simple reason that, and Reggie Miller highlighted this during the game tonight, in Reggie's era, the average number of three point attempts per game was five. And when you look at the game today, mm-hmm. the average number of three point attempts is 34. Um, when you look at the top 50 all-time uh, 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 shooters in terms of three-pointers made, Larry Bird's not even in the top 50. So, you know, and, and the three-point line itself wasn't even instituted until 1978-79. So it's one of those records where, first of all, I've been saying Steph's the undisputed greatest shooter ever for I don't know how many years now. But um, with that said, in terms of a measurable to substantiate that, I just don't know if like the all-time record is worthy of that for the simple reason that I guarantee you Michael Jordan would be in this conversation if he actually tried to shoot threes. I even think Kobe Bryant would be in this discussion along with players like Bird, like a Chris Mullen, who was an unbelievable shooter. With that said, I don't want to diminish it. Stephen Curry is amazing. He's, he's tremendous. Um, and congratulations. I mean, we're all in awe of the man. What is so interesting about that, that Reggie Miller stat that you brought up, the last time Steph Curry took fewer than, Steph Curry took fewer than five threes a game was in 2011-12 season. Wow. He took 4.7 a game. He is taking 13 and a half a game this year. That tells you how different the game is. That being said, Steph Curry's three-point shooting culturally has changed 
the, the NBA. I mean, what mm-hmm. he's done and what the Warriors did has foundationally changed the game. So you said the, the record is not going to rate for me, but it seems like the impact of his shooting. Yes. At, at this point, not just he's not he's not just the greatest, most skilled shooter ever. I think he's the most impactful shooter ever. Agreed. Yeah, you know, I like like uh, my my favorite show on TV is uh, NBA on TNT's Inside the NBA. It's a fantastic show. I think any basketball fan would agree. And Kenny Smith made a great point a few weeks back where he said he was at some sort of uh, some sort of basketball academy or a clinic or something he was teaching during the summer where his players in this camp did not even know what the post was or how to post <laughs> up. And these are players that have been playing for through high school. And that's, just, that's crazy because all everyone cares about is just heaving threes and making them. So I'm with you. I mean, just in terms of the impact of making a raising awareness of the three point shot, I guess what's really surprising to me is the fact that it took this long for coaches and players to realize, wait a second, if we actually hit threes on a consistent basis, because I think you only need to hit 33% of them to really like, equate to a, a solid field goal percentage of shooting overall and, and especially two pointers that, that, yeah, that, that we can outscore opponents and this is a more efficient way of, uh, you know, of running an offense. So it is crazy. Um, I, you know, I think you see this impact on kids, especially what Steph's uh, appeal to me is, is the fact that he's not like a LeBron or one of these physical specimens where you have to be this outstanding athlete to truly dominate the way those kind of guys does. Stephen Curry, granted, he's 6'3". By the average, you know, layman, that's very tall. But in the NBA, that's short. And he doesn't look like a big, bulky athlete. And and so for, for a player of his stature physically to be doing what he's doing, I mean, yeah, the influence is just insane. And, and who knows where it's going to go. And finally, you could have owned a basketball legend's jacket as long as you got approved for a mortgage first. Pistol Pete Maravich's Letterman jacket that he wore for three years at LSU sold at auction on Tuesday for almost $117,000. The jacket sold as part of an auction of items directly from the Maravich family that also included his 1978 All-Star jersey, All-American plaques from all three of his years at LSU, and the jacket he wore for his Hall of Fame induction in 1987. Those items totaled $160,000, including the purple LSU Letterman jacket. Thanks for making Lockdown Today your first listen of the day. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Make your second listen, Locked On Bets. Download and subscribe free and available on all platforms. Coming up Thursday, we'll get you set for a marquee AFC West battle for first on Thursday Night Football. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.